0: And now the moment you've all been waiting for.
1: This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. It's so easy; even a child can use it. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm Jordan, and with my, I'm uh, not even guest host; my co-host, Andy. dashing co-host. Yes, hello. <laughs> Uh, and no guests this time. We're we're both the guests.
0: Yeah. Um, it's been a while. Probably, honestly, a couple months since we've just done an episode, you and I.
1: I'm, I'm excited to have this again. I love the guests that we have. We've been learning things that I don't think we even considered going into it from that, and it's been really helpful. But the first couple that we did, it was just the two of us, and we are talking about the community a lot and, and uh, doing some refreshing, deep dives into some basic things. And that that's lost with the guest because obviously the guest gets to drive, they get to talk about I mean we're still hitting new territories, but I'm excited to kind of do uh where are we now
0: type of thing. Yeah. A lot has happened. Um, I think <laughs> probably the last time we did a solo episode, we were talking about I hope when people when people listen to this. I don't think anyone had listened to our podcast when we last made an episode. We were preaching to ourselves. Um, but since then, you know, it's been really Awesome, beautiful, amazing to watch this kind of grow, to see people start listening, to get that um, audience feedback, and to kind of have that journey be in the motion for so many people. It's really awesome to be a part of that, man.
1: We get some some feedback that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Like I I am excited for the response we're getting. I love it. Yeah,
0: it's great. I, I've heard things. You know, like we've heard a lot of tips about O.P.S. readline stuff and stucco. People have said they like the stuff, but also they've really resonated with just putting ourselves out there, learning, letting people know it's okay to make mistakes and the imposter syndrome. You know, I've heard some great feedback about uh, when Justin Grody talked about that in his episode. and it's, it's cool to be going a little bit beyond just the technical PowerShell stuff and having some other kind of impacts on people.
1: So one thing is people have intuitively picked up on you're, you're far more outgoing and more likely to respond. So almost all feedback, if it doesn't come to PowerShell or PDQ, goes to you. So I always hear secondhand, it's like, oh, I heard it. So I am curious, uh, Justin's line of show up with a problem and a solution, has that gotten any sort of feedback? Because that I thought that was a fantastic take.
0: I haven't heard anything directly about that one. Oh, come um, on, people. Yeah. no, People don't give me that much feedback. But when they do, I really cherish it. It's so cool. Because we said, or at least I said early on, this would be a success if we had like maybe one to three people kind of really digging what we're saying, kind of on for the journey, pushing themselves, listening to us along the way. Um, and it seems like we're, we've are we at least hit that. So really cool. So,
1: And what was it? The last episode, we went over 5,000 total listens so far?
0: Yeah, yeah. We have like five point something now. That's a pretty big milestone for us. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's it's. Everything that we hoped it would be has been happening so far, which is awesome. Like Normally, unrealistic expectations, what it felt like going in. I thought uh, I kept on trying to be negative and you were super positive. So I thought going into it was like, oh, there's no way. But uh, you were right. I was wrong. It's,
0: It's good that we've put ourselves out there. We're learning as we go. We've learned a lot. Still a lot to learn. Still a lot of great interviews to be had. A lot of PowerShell to learn and a bunch of great stuff. Should we read some of the listener feedback? Let's do it. Um, do you want to take this first one from our good friend Clayton?
1: I, I really like this message. It made me. It was the first time, but uh, everything that we'd been hoping to get through, it felt like you got. So I'm excited to have this one. But I'm a terrible, terrible reader. So we'll see how this goes.
0: If you want, I could narrate it for you.
1: I know I, I got this.
0: You got this. Because I'm
1: terrible, but I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, guys, just want to say I love the podcast. I appreciate it. I like it too. Uh, he's been in the industry for 15 years, uh, but been playing with PowerShell on and off for the past eight. So that's that's awesome. That's a uh, quite a bit of experience on and off. I don't. know. I don't think you lose it. You might have to re, re- look up some commands, but eight years in it is probably you, you got quite the the tool chest at that point.
0: Yeah, you've been around enough to see to have some of the picture painted for you. At least kind of know where to go, yeah. know where you've been.
1: Uh, wish you could do more episodes, but completely understand how much work is involved for just one episode a week. Uh, I I agree with that. That one's tough. I want to do more too, but I think this is the second week in a row where we're shooting this on Friday to go live on Monday, which puts a big strain on Kelly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Thanks, our producer. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but we've been cranking these out. so.
1: Right. Uh, he's still working with PowerShell, but he's uh, dedicating time to PowerShell in a month of lunches, which is awesome, because that one's such a good baseline, uh, to get all the basics and really start expanding his knowledge. Uh, and, and then uh, he ends with, uh, he's looking at taking some of his scripts, putting them up on GitHub, which he told us if he does end up doing that, he'll let us know so we can share that out. And he was considering writing a blog, which I love to hear, more blogs, everyone needs to write blogs.
0: Yeah, he sent. I had a follow up message with him where he uh, gave me a little preview of the code he's planning on sharing on GitHub, and it's pretty cool. So, looking forward to
1: that. But yeah, that that message, we both we both were really excited about that well, message. I think that one hit well, us both in the heart. It definitely did. But one of the greatest takeaways
0: has not been covered yet, which is at the end where he says, "I'll say through your podcast, I've realized how helpful Get Help is. Imagine that." Uh, I really didn't know how powerful it really is and makes me want to learn more of the concepts. So definitely that's one lesson that I sometimes relearn as well. It's like, get help is seriously what you need to do sometimes. Frequently, um, start there. Start within the console to discover things. And if you need to branch out for like some advanced use cases or see how other people are doing things and applied, you can look for some good blogs to get some better understanding and context. But that, that help system is quite nice.
1: And yeah, no, I I really appreciated. The email it's i don't know it's, it's uh help, helps with motivation to keep going you get something like that because sometimes you wonder if all, all of the forward momentum is just in your head <laughs> and, yeah it's nice
0: it's kind of like we talk about um when you share th- or whenever early on in my process for example like the encouragement of people to tell you like hey great work keep going oh this is cool that really makes a big difference and i'm, I'm glad that we're kind of providing that to clayton but also him messaging us really provided that for us some validation and some energy and like, Oh wow, we really are doing something that
1: is connecting with people in some way. Oh, I'm super insecure. It was, it was, it was a big, big uplifting email for me. It meant a lot. Yeah, man, me too. And then we had another person on Reddit that mentioned that they were inspired to share. Yeah, that was a really
0: cool thread. I think it was even mentioned on Michael Doust's, uh PowerShell recap
1: that he does. Yeah. So says, I was actually reading through it. It's uh it's exactly what we hoped for. He, he said I was inspired to share and he put up his, his uh, repo. And it was all enthusiasm. Someone said, hey, can can you expand it to this, which it turns out he was able to. And then someone had another application that they could use that they sent him the code for. And he I, it became collaborative almost instantly. I thought that was awesome.
0: Yeah, um, really cool. Some people got value out of it to use. Some other people maybe didn't have an exact use case, but had some good feedback to make it better. And Seems like it was a really positive thing overall. And uh, I think by the end of it, he got the reaction from the community that we kind of told people um, that the PowerShell community has, which is really positive, really embracing, really encouraging people to push the next step, um, welcoming mistakes, welcoming newcomers. It's so cool to see um, the community prove us right.
1: Yeah, that that would be one of those, if he reached out and, and they did not behave like we promised they would, that would have been bad. That would have been the beginning of the end. So thank you
0: yeah thank you Jeremy sending you some swag
1: see it uh, looks like I was just reading through the chat someone went in there uh, running an issue with wireshark that he had uh, worked with before and added a tweak so yeah it's it, it's collaborative already I love it
0: yeah and it was cool to see him using burnt toast I know we highlighted that in an early episode so I was like and I love that module and I love Josh King so a lot of cool things there
1: yeah it's it's a bummer that he's uh in New Zealand I mean I'm sure he's very happy there but a tweet went out said, oh, I'm going live, but it was 2 a.m. for me. And so I woke up like four hours later. I was like, oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah."
1: I don't know what he was going live for, but I would have loved to see what Josh King's working on. <laughs> Same.
0: Uh, one kind of cool thing that I did last night was we had the Gainesville PowerShell user group meet up again for the first time in two years. Um, and, man, I had such a blast. Uh, it really felt kind of like I was at Summit. The conversations were so great. Everyone I talked to um, really had some interesting things to say, and it was very inviting. And you had that same kind of thing like, oh, everyone here gets me. It was really cool to have that happen. I think we had like 14 people, and man, it was humbling. That was humbling in, in the same way. It's like, wow, there's a, either we did something right when we were meeting before, or there's a huge demand for this, or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm so grateful to be able to experience that with all my friends in the Gainesville PowerShell user group yesterday being
1: June 9th. June 9th. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was your first one. That was the the ramp up to get going. So you you're hoping to do a monthly?
0: Yeah, monthly. Our next one's July 12th. Um, details to follow. Right now we actually had a library booked. So we have a library in town we were going to use that has like A V and stuff. But we had such a good time at the um brewery like hanging out there and they had food trucks and they had indoor and outdoor stuff that we're pr- looking at some other alternatives for future meetings. Um, even considering doing like our in-person is more like just social. And then we'll do a second meeting a month, maybe just online where we can make it a remote first setup. So it's a good experience for everyone. We get the good YouTube video at the end. Um, yeah. I want to make it an inviting place for beginners. And if all of our social meetups involve really technical topics for th- you know, I just want to make sure it's inviting for them, but I also don't want to neglect the advanced users and make sure they get some good content
1: to keep it's them. It's a difficult, interested. difficult line to walk to make sure all sides are are uh, getting their needs met. Is this mostly for in person, or are people going to be able to join remote?
0: So yeah, in person. Um, but our goal is to definitely be able to join remote. I think our social events will be just in person, um, primarily, but whenever we have a guest speaker. The intention will be to have that be accessible to the wide world, and we have a YouTube channel, all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, hoping to take things to the next level with the Gainesville PowerShell User Group. We've been talking about how we need to get more of those up and yeah. running. And what do we do? Do we talk about it? Yeah, we talk about it, but we also do it. We lead with our actions and our words. It's really, it's a nice way to do it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm halfway there. Hey, one step at a time, right? That's how we get there. We don't, we don't have to bite. I think I heard a phrase recently. How do you eat an elephant?
1: One bite at one a time. One bite at a
0: time, yeah. But I you might not one. want to eat an elephant, so.
1: Yeah. So uh, the Salt Lake – I actually, I don't even remember the name of my meetup. Is how long it's been. If, if everyone knows how long it's been since we've uh, been in there. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, but ours is June 30th. It's going to be our first one. See, I, we have a guest we got. Uh, I don't know if you listened. If you did listen to last week's Gilbert, he's going to come in. He's going to give his presentation on stucco uh, for us. That one is going to be available remote or in person. If you come in person down to the building, we'll feed you. And uh, I'm pushing to be able to send Gilbert and his family a pizza as well because he's he's doing me a favor.
0: Oh, that would be so cool! Everyone is yeah. eating pizza at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Apparently, we named it PowerShell Dash Salt Lake City. So the first event here is, how much time did I give myself? Three weeks. Okay. Three weeks. So we ha- I have a speaker lined up. Uh, we have the venue. I don't have the address or the proper links in there in the meetup yet. I'm going to go add that. And then once it's there, I'll start uh, sending out a tweet for anyone that wants to join. But hopefully, like, if you if you can make it for in Salt Lake, it'd be awesome to see you. If you can't, I completely understand. But uh, please join us remote because G- Gilbert's awesome to listen to. and He knows his stuff. Definitely.
0: And um, one thing I realized with my PowerShell user group is, you know, I mentioned the advanced content, beginner content. The most important thing, though, is the community. That's what really matters. That's the the number one thing is creating that space for people to be able to communicate and share and relate to other people and network and all kinds of great stuff. So it's cool to see you taking those steps.
1: I'm hoping it really, really takes off. I don't know. It's uh, we'll see how it goes. You, I, I as as with most things, you have far more enthusiasm than I do.
0: Hey, okay. sometimes, sometimes we'll see how it's, it goes. Right? It's it'll be okay either way.
1: It's a dynamic that works for us.
0: Yeah. So just trust. Okay. okay. So just trust. It. It'll all work out then, huh?
1: <laughs> I haven't been led astray by listening to you yet. I have listening to myself, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting better. Um right.
1: Well, now so, it's just the the two of us again. We can start hitting segments that uh, we can't really do with guests, that's, do we have a community highlight?
0: We do have a community highlight. Um, We have a fantastic community highlight. And in fact, this individual is um, really demonstrating the kind of values we talk about a lot, which is like learning in the open, blogging, sharing your stuff on GitHub does not have to be perfect does not have to be the most advanced thing in the entire world. You don't have to blow everyone's socks off. So it could be a little bit helpful to one person or massively helpful to someone or just helpful for you. Um, And that individual is someone who shares the same name with me. Uh, It is an individual named Drew McClellan. And he has a website, which is chefsitcompendium.wixsite.com. Really, really cool guy. I've been uh, reaching out to him, connecting with him a little bit. He was a chef for a couple of years and, um, or sorry, he was a chef for a long time and then switched to IT a couple of years ago and has been kind of working his way up, getting some exposure to PowerShell, security stuff, and learning along the way and sharing what he's learned
1: with us. I'll have to uh, see if he wants to swap recipes because I make a spam Wellington that is, it's gross, but I mean, it's unique.
0: <laughs> that sounds uh, unique. I'd love to. <laughs> Have a cook off with you one day.
1: I, I need a, need a new opponent. My last uh, last guy I beat so bad he retired.
0: <laughs> I can't handle the spam. It's like an IT thing. I guess we have a an affinity for avoiding spam.
1: <laughs> that must be it. I, I think because I, I basically did a, a a beef Wellington, and then I just replaced the the uh, beef tenderloin with a brick of spam. So it was obviously like if I, I think if I just Mixed spam with something else to make something that was actually good as a interior inside the puff pastry. It probably still would have been good, but uh, that wasn't the point of, of a video that was, uh, I don't know. It it looks delicious on the outside. We'll say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the taste uh, a bit different. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, w-
1: I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, to throw back to, uh, Drew, Drew, Great job. Some of his recent articles, three days ago, Chrome bookmark backup and import with PowerShell. Backing up Edge favorites, PowerShell task kill. Um, his PowerShell GitHub, is some stuff on there. And oh, even shouted out us on the 28th. You
1: said that? Yeah, I did. Yep. It's in there. So. Yeah, so, and it looks like he's updating quite often. So it's a pretty active blog. So let's, let's get in there and get, get more views up there. Because yeah. More people, the better, I think.
0: Um, let me get his Twitter as well. I, I don't want to miss out on that because I'm curious to see, you know, when you have that kind of a learning attitude and you're kind of learning in public, um, I think a lot of really great things can happen if you can sustain that for a long period of time. And I'm really curious to see uh, kind of what happens with Drew's career as time goes on. So yeah. you can follow him. Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was
1: about to give him the Twitter ID. It looks like you got it. Though. Yeah.
0: McClellan, Drew. It'll be in the show notes seven followers let's hook
1: the friend up eight followers i'll have to log in apparently i'm not logged into twitter
0: still seven <laughs> you'll see on monday if you're one of our first listeners if it still has seven
1: please 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 yell at me
0: <laughs> awesome
1: All right, so we've been working on anything else in uh, in the powershell space before we kind of go into topics to cover
0: Yes, we do. We have a a pretty big announcement to make about PowerShell Summit. Um, I guess it's not really about Summit, but the videos from Summit, all the talks, are available on YouTube on the PowerShell.org channel. So there's a playlist for Summit 22, 2022, I should say. And there's a lot of great stuff there. Definitely recommend checking it out. Check out State of the Shell. Kind of get a feel for where PowerShell is from Jeffrey Snover and all kinds of stuff. The whole Microsoft uh, PowerShell team, a lot of great stuff there.
1: There's some really, really good ones in there. The the first couple where this, uh, when Summit first starts, not going into content. They're just talking about the state of PowerShell and where things are going. Uh, yeah. April Edwards about setting up appropriate DevOps. If that doesn't get you motivated to set things up in your environment, nothing will. That was a fantastic one.
0: I got to check that out. I did not see that one. So let's include a link to that. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, one thing about that was my talk went live on YouTube, which was a bit stressful for me. <laughs> um, not in a bad way, but you know, it was a live talk, and I, I don't think I did as perfect as I would have liked to in my mind. But um, I definitely was true to my. I was proud of myself for doing it, and I, I'm trying to take all the lessons I can get from it because um, there are quite a few. Like,
1: go ahead. I, I think I think you're you're your take on your talk kind of hammers home the overall point because you're the most positive person I've met. And after that one, I think you've had the most negative things to say about it out of people that listen to it. I was there live and gave it. I enjoyed it. And there was good. There's a lot of good messages. The The delivery was, I think it was your first talk because the delivery was, uh, a bit rough in places but the overall content and everything built around it was awesome i really enjoyed that talk so
0: yeah looking forward to, to revising it you know the first time you do anything it's not going to be perfect and first time you, you sh- I, I used to talk a while ago but with covid it took a couple of years off that was my first like real-time socializing we're speaking and it's, it's fortunate to be part of a community where i know they will be kind and i can take those chances and make those mistakes um and learn and do better next time that's the whole goal right <laughs>
1: Yep. And there's so many good talks. I actually need to go through and listen to the PowerShell Golf by Kevin Marquette. Because everybody that went to that one was talking about how awesome it was. And I missed that one. And I've been kicking myself since. so I I have to go watch that one because I'm curious. I want to see what had everyone so excited. I don't think – like there's always something, oh, I enjoyed this or this talk or this. But that talk – if you could just be walking down the hallway and people were just, Oh, did you see the, the PowerShell golf at that, that thing stood out?
0: Yes. For good reason. I was in and I was present for it uh, to get insight into the mind of Kevin Marquette. I mean, not maybe isn't the best way of putting it, but to see how he approaches things and to see the way that he tackled making code more efficient, it was really insightful. I found. Um, and I learned a lot from it and definitely, definitely recommend checking that one out. If you like PowerShell, maybe you're bit more advanced interested in learning more about what code golf is and check that one out in the show notes
1: and then actually had the opportunity to write practical PowerShell instead of just stuff for content for the first time in in a while nice and i got it to work but i'm convinced there's a better way to do it i just don't know what it is so i'm going to okay. give you a quick I mean, a quick breakdown of how i handled it and the if of off the top of your head you have a better solution so What I'm doing is I'm importing a CSV, and the overall goal is to export it back out into an XML file, but it's not line to line. So there's a certain indicator within the CSV that marks it as a header. And then I have to capture a certain number of lines below that and build a block of data off of that, and then put that into the XML template. (laughs) So, <laughs> what? Dude, why?
0: <laughs> okay, um, this is doesn't I, even sound fun.
1: <laughs> I can't go. I can't go into why. I got it to work. So oh what I did God. is every time I acknowledges as a header, I would capture that and I would set just a true false variable. I think I named it header. It would, it would set that to uh, true, and then it would go down and it would do things based on the header with that one to see how long it would capture, okay. and then also uh, next part of the for each would be if the a line was true, then we knew it wasn't. Uh, we knew it wasn't a header. This data had to go in there because it'd go down to the next header. So okay, I'd capture so maybe... all capture all that data. Okay. And then next time it looped through where there was a header, it would go through and it would build the object based on everything I captured with the original header and build a customized X, uh, XML export. Mm-hmm. And then it would clear it all out, clear the variable, and start over because the very okay. var- so.
0: So wait, what are you dealing with? Are these CSV files individual files, and you're checking each one to see if it has headers?
1: So it's a it's a document scan. So there's the there's a page separator, and the next pages go to it. So there's okay. things like, so Jeez, dude. So I mean, imagine so- there's, there's got to be like some sort of while is true where you can go down, and I don't have to loop back through over and over like that, where you could just capture it all at once. But I couldn't. <laughs> so I got it to work, and I didn't want to yeah. overthink it. But the whole time, once I finish, is like. I'm proud of what this does because the logic behind it was not, not super easy for me. I don't know but other people might, but is there a way to within a for each say, all right, I want to capture these next six lines and combine them without having to go yeah. through the way I did.
0: I mean, I don't know how you did it. Probably indexing like, yeah. um, having like a variable that you keep incrementing or whatever, and then, okay, boom, we found a header. We're going to capture in the array from where we currently are, plus six to wherever you are. Anyways, kind of confusing stuff like that, I would say. Like a for loop would be another programming language kind of way of doing it. For, yeah. boom, declare the variable, increment it as you go through or something like that. But honestly, I'd love to see a code sample because I'm kind of having to like guess a little bit in my mind. It's a little cloudy.
1: Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's not it's not real clear. It's not I don't think it's a common use case. I mean, if performance is not an issue,
0: boom. Enjoy what you did, right? Yeah, this isn't like a mission critical thing.
1: And and there's not there's never gonna be like thousands upon thousands of lines that it go through. It's Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever gonna go over maybe a couple hundred. So it goes fast either way you do it. It's like I think when I ran it, since it's not actually messing with the documents, it's just basically doing account and going through the lines Mm -hmm. of CSV, it takes seconds. Like it's yeah, maybe maybe even less than three seconds sometimes. But so it went fast. It did what I want to, but it, like looking at it, I just feel like smarter PowerShell people would have negative things to say about how I went about it.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's like a delimiter that you can create, like a way to. I guess one example would be you could split the entire file. So say it's a huge CSV, you can split it on the header, and then. I think it'll be split on all the headers, and you can access um, from in there.
1: So yeah, he- header was a bad uh, a bad use of the words because header with CSV, it's it's more oh, of a okay. a separator. So there's a thing that would flag something as oh. basically a, a separator document. It would give you the the document type for the incoming document.
0: Yeah, how many lines was the script? Because it doesn't sound like it should be that many potentially. It might be a like readable even.
1: Uh, it was it was less than a hundred.
0: Oh, boy, that sounds a lot more than I was thinking. But okay, cool. Interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah like, sure. like I said, I got it to work the logic. By the end of it, I was so lost to my own logic. I put something in there, not even sure if it would work, and it just happened to work. But I was I was to the point where I couldn't even follow my own logic by the end of it, which is why, at the end of it, I was like, I'm glad this works. I We we tested it out. He was very happy with the results. But at the end, it's like, there's a better way to do this. I just don't know it.
0: Yeah. Um, a thought for that would be, before coding, because it kind of sounds like you solved the problem like by coding and creating the thing as you went, which is a great way of solving things, um, but an alternative method that might be cleaner, like now that you know how to solve it, write out the individual steps that need to take place, and then just kind of code it cleaner so it only performs those things. Like, yeah. so it's loop through, find the matching thing, grab the next files, compose the XML, yeah,
1: just and just move if, to the next. Like- there's a indicator of how many pages are in the document. So if I could say if this is a page separator, grab that variable or number of next lines and combine them that way. So you're doing it all yeah. at once instead of looping through. It's gotta be possible. like, like this one thing. I'm I'm happy that it worked and the person yeah. I gave it to was happy that it worked, but at the end of it, I'm like, I'm missing something. I wanna do better.
0: Hey, I can relate to that. I feel like every single time I finish some code, not always, but a lot of times, if it actually does anything like logic or a bit outside of just a basic function, I feel like, oh, I wish I could rewrite that. Especially if I give it a couple months and then look at it again. Every time I'm like, oh, this is ugly. But if it performs your task and it provides you value, you know, we don't need to judge things that harshly. Um, if you're in a mission-critical situation, yeah, probably coming up with a, a solution, maybe consulting the internet a little bit asking the forums asking on the powershell discord whatever the case may be for some additional feedback would be warranted but if it's working for you awesome
1: so where where does work i'm probably gonna leave it where it is because the end of me getting paid for it which is terrible to look (laughs) at but here i am but if i ever get downtime at work again i might i might crack it back open and and uh do a more collaborative. It was, he he gave me a, a deadline of at the end of the day. So I had
0: to <laughs> you gonna do we get to know who this is? Is this was this for the
1: webcast by chance? No, this was uh it was for Lex who retired.
0: Oh, like recently or is this uh in the past? I'm, no, I when I, did you solve this PowerShell question?
1: I, I I did this uh two days ago. Oh nice, wow. Yeah. It, nice, it that was, sounds fun. It, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. I liked it, but it's just one of those, it hasn't felt right just because I feel that there's a better way to do it. And mm-hmm. it used to be, it's like, yeah, that works. I don't care at this point. But now like if I'm doing something inefficiently, I, I, I want to do better. So I, I I'm definitely going to revisit it at some point. I just yeah. don't know when.
0: Yeah. If there's a good lesson to be learned there by rewriting it. You know, you'll learn something for sure and take that with you, but Cool. Did we have? I think we have some actual stuff we wanted to cover, some content to to teach our audience. Um, A lot of times, whenever we have a guest, I notice that we cover sometimes more advanced stuff, sometimes beginner stuff. But wanted to kind of cover a great starting point for beginners in this episode. And Jordan, what? Where do we want our? If if someone's trying to use PowerShell, they're trying to get started. They're not automating ad they're not doing large scale stuff yet they're just just trying to do something safe and get started using powershell every day where would be an okay spot to start uh, file systems management we all use files
1: wow yeah everyone does uh so are we going to go into like the access controllers part of it too or is this just pure the getting the documents themselves
0: let's keep it simple for now i think in the future okay. we can cover more but um for right now i think it's just let's get used to Interacting with objects, creating some files, seeing what files exist, renaming a file. Whoa, hold up. Opening files. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, we were pushing some limits here, but yeah, there's some cool stuff there. Um, I think that when we think of these file system management commands, uh, the first one that comes to my mind is get child item. That's the method that we use in PowerShell to return files and folders from a directory. Um, There's a great resource by Microsoft um, called Working with Files and Folders, which is an awesome blog that covers all kinds of stuff that we'll have linked in the bio, or sorry, in the um, show notes. I don't know, Jordan. What would you say uh, you find yourself doing frequently with files?
1: Anymore? Not much. I'm I'm not a sysadmin anymore. a... I'm a content guy, so if ever I need to write a blog on this, then I'll use it again. But as far as the the day-to-day stuff like this, I don't get to use it a lot. But what I did use it for uh, a lot was, uh I the, had, the file shares were not great and we're trying to do a cleanup. So I used PowerShell for a lot to uh, keep data we want to do into the new file share, make sure everything was set up properly, and then removing the ones that were hadn't been opened in five years that we're still taking up a lot of space. so that, thats that's where I use it mostly is like a, if it's a group repo or group folder that everyone's accessing, it's going to get messy just because the more people touch something the so it's, it's a powerful a good tool to have to go in there and make sure it, it keeps clean, whether it's making sure there's no duplicates, you don't have you know new document and new document parentheses one. That's usually a sign that things have gone wrong, and you want to make sure everything's up to date, and you want to make sure people are copying things in the right location. So that's what I use it for. It's more of a almost like an audit.
0: That's cool. I think uh, a common thing. I don't know if people here download things or manage collections of movies or music or whatever, um, but I've personally at times downloaded files from the internet in whatever way, and sometimes those names are like not human readable or they're separated with periods, and I want to switch them to be human readable. And PowerShell is kind of a cool way to, you could use a command like rename item, and rename a bunch of items, rename a bunch of files uh, is what we're mostly talking about. The reason it's kind of generic child item, um, rename item, copy item is because uh, in this conversation, we're talking about them in the context of the file system provider. So we're talking about files, but you can copy other items, if you were to be using a, the registry or uh, any other number of providers. let uh, keep it simple. Yeah. Certs, great one. But to keep it simple, just recommend, we're just going to talk about files today, files and folders. So we mentioned get child item. We have copy item, rename item. Um, those kind of, you can guess what they do. But then there's a cool one um, that I enjoy a lot, which is invoke item. Do you ever use invoke item, Jordan? To me, that's like a,
1: I don't. I'm I'm ready to learn with everyone else.
0: Essentially, invoke item, you can think of it like double left clicking on something. Click, click. Um, It invokes it, so it performs the default action on the specified item. For example, if you have a .ps1 file, um, you can invoke item, the .ps1 file, and it will open up in whatever handles .ps1 files on your computer. Same thing with an MP3 file. If you wanted to play a song, invoke item, and then the, the path to the song. Um, the alias for invoke item is II. And I very frequently find myself doing II, name of the thing I want to execute, press enter. Cool. And the times it. again. You are. Another little bonus this isn't quite related, but there's also the code. You can type in code and then the path to a file and it will open up in VS Code, I'm assuming you have it installed. I, I would cool. hope so.
1: Because if you're not, I mean, I guess you another editor, but if you use an ISC, it means you're on Windows PowerShell still, which is fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah, uh, VS Code's a bit nice. Um, I, I think for absolute beginners, the ISC is cool, but yeah, VS Code is where it's at. Once you are able to, to tackle that, definitely recommend getting moved over. It makes everything a bit easier long-term. And gives you a much better workflow.
1: So uh, this is a good time to remind people about what if. Because if you're mm-hmm. going into file system management and you're new to it, what if to make sure that you run it, it's just going to tell you what it's going to do instead of actually running it to make sure you're safe. It's not, not a bad, it's not a bad idea, even when you're real experienced. But if you're first diving into file system management with PowerShell, put what if in a lot of places.
0: Yep. It'll tell you the action that it will take without actually taking it, which is a great way to script things or to... Look at what would happen without actually doing things. Um, And kind of a good rule of thumb, especially if you're still learning PowerShell, not super familiar with everything you're running, don't worry about running get commands. There's not really a risk when you're getting things and receiving information. Um, When you start setting things, when you start copying things, um, any commands with those verbs and and any other kind of acting verbs other than get, you're going to, it's probably best to err on the side of caution. Use the what if parameter, um, what if. And then if you're ready to proceed and actually make some changes, confirm is another great one, which is where it will ask you as you go along to confirm it. Um, So you can make sure line by line that it kind of does what you think it's going to do. Those Those are great until you get a really good, well, those are always great, but especially when you're a bit of a beginner and maybe not as confident as what your code will do, it's a great sanity check
1: yeah I think what if is the best way to protect you from overconfidence? like even if you're one hundred percent sure it's gonna work still for the first run, throw in a what if just to make sure you don't want you don't want to be wrong, especially if when it comes to file systems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please
0: don't. Uh, I mean, you know what mistakes happen, and you'll probably make some mistakes at work, um but uh, hopefully. <laughs> renaming all the files on your file server is not the one you make and don't point at us please
1: (laughs) i I accidentally deleted the hkey current user (laughs) as we talk about files and folders
0: um, it's important to shine a light upon get content Um, get content is a command that allows you to see the content of a file which can be quite useful an example of a, a file that you may want to get the content of would be the situation you posed earlier, Jordan,
1: with the CSV file.
0: Yeah, exactly. I bet and you I, used get content.
1: I did. It's funny, my my default into trying to just import the specific file type when get content almost always works better.
0: You think <laughs> or, get content works better than import CSV for oh, CSVs?
1: Oh, no, not for CSV. For certain reasons, a lot of times when you're looking to i was thinking the other side when you're outputting the object and you, like you, you've you built the csv uh, when you output it if you do uh, export csv and the the member type is different than you're expecting the data might look different than you want where if you put it as uh, out file it's more it's more going to give you the data that you see up on the screen so, uh, so i i just had i just had a couple of scenarios where i'm using specifically xml or another thing and the member type that I had was not at all what I was expecting. And so the output was different. Like it would basically give you the the length, the character count of what would be oh, the yeah, URL yeah. instead.
0: Oh interesting. And to bypass that you
1: if you if you do it as a out file, generally mm. I don't want I don't want to I don't want to give 100 percent accurate, but it, it has yeah. worked for me. Where instead of working it changing the the uh, member actually category.
0: accessing the property or whatever, accessing the appropriate property. Interesting. Um, yeah, I have never done that approach, so not sure, but interesting. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, um, if if you've exported CSV and you see just length instead of the data you're expecting, try out file and see how it works for you. And if I'm wrong, let me know at powershellpdq.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, As a good rule of thumb, though, it's a good idea to use the built-in Let's like export CSV, import CSV, import-cli-xml, export-cli-xml, so on and so forth. Now, we're kind of mentioning files and folders, and I want to give you a good file to start playing with. As your PowerShell journey goes on, there's, there's a cool file that is always in play, and that would be your PowerShell profile. And if you are wondering what the value of your profile is or where your profile should be, you can type in dollar sign $profile. You'll see that's a built-in variable. Check
1: that out, Jordan. Have you seen that before? I have seen it before, but I'm, I'm very prone to just running with defaults. Well, well, run along with me, man. I'll pull up a
0: console, and I'll, I'll give you some commands to run, and we'll look at some things real quick, okay? Um, we'll keep it simple, though, so if you're listening, you can follow along a little bit. Won't go too so much into the weeds. The dollar sign profile. Yeah, see what's up with your profile.
1: Look at that. It's a PS1 file.
0: Wow. And uh, what's the location of that?
1: Uh, Documents, PowerShell, uh, for me, Microsoft, VS Code profile. I think if you're not using if if you're an ISC, I think it's going to be a different PS1 file. Yeah, and there's a lot of kind of details
0: about which, you know, there's more than one profile. There's an all-user, all-host, all-users, current-host, so on and so forth. Um, I believe that you're using the current user, current-host. Now, here's a question. Does that file exist for you? If you run a test path sign profile, does it return true or false?
1: I'm I'm comfortable with errors. I just did get content dollar sign profile, and it does not exist. Wow! So I told we you I to run I run with that, defaults.
0: That's totally fine. I think a lot of our audience probably hasn't set this file up either. Um, so it's it's a great time. Now we don't have to set it up extensively, but we're going to do with something kind of simple here. Let's just run that new item command, which is a way to create a new file. So let's run. New item, now. new item dash item type file dash path dollar sign profile
1: speaking of uh, the, the length the length is zero so it is an empty empty document now
0: awesome so what i'd like you to do now is type in invoke item and then dollar sign profile
1: i don't think it trust you
0: well you don't need to trust me. You can trust PowerShell because a batch file, for example, would execute a PowerShell file will be editable when you double-click it. So
1: PowerShell's Spe- got your back, man. So uh, speaking of defaults, I tried to open the PS1 file in Notepad because I haven't set the default. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I fixed um, it now. I fixed okay, it good. now. Open the VS Code. That's <laughs> what I like here. Perfect. Um. This is why I liked uh, Justin's install pack of, of useful uh, add-ons. PowerShell extension pack, yeah. I just had to go click a button, and that's as much work as I'm willing to do. Awesome.
0: Well, Jordan, we got your profile open right now, right? Yes, we do. I'm going to show you how to change your prompt. So your prompt is that thing to the left of your cursor on a new line kind of thing, right? By default, it should say PS, maybe the path of where you are currently. See users, Andrew Pla, for example. And um, so let's change that. So in your profile, type in function. The name of the function that we're creating is prompt. So it's going to say function prompt, then a left curly bracket. Um, and then just put a quote and put whatever you want your, pro- your um, prompt to be. So for me, I will just do a greater than sign. That's a real so- short profile. A greater than sign. All right. Enclosed in quotes. So it just prints that value.
1: Right. You, you lost uh lost me. I hit function and then tab because I'm not smart, so I wasn't really listening. I'm putting what inside the prompt now for my curly uh, book.
0: So put whatever you want, honestly. I put a greater than sign. Okay. And that's it. Um yeah, and that's it. Give that a try. I think that's it. Hope I haven't led you astray.
1: We'll find out, so let them know. Um, there is the uh, greater than, but it says PSIC is integrated console. So it says ba- basically the shortcut for PowerShell integrated console and then the greater than. It did remove the entire uh, path to my profile that was in there, the users, oh, or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. It, it overwrote that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the prompt is just whatever your prompt is. So you can change that function in your profile and you can set all kinds of other things in your profile. If there's a variable that you want to set.
1: um, Is this how Brody puts uh, like icons? Like he has a little picture of a house for it when he's in his home. Yep.
0: Okay, Jordan, you're mentioning emojis. Okay, if you're in Windows Terminal, (laughs) let's add some emojis, okay? Add an emoji.
1: I'm not in Windows Terminal. Do you want me
0: to be in Windows Terminal? Oh, come on, man. Yes, okay. Um, Windows Terminal is amazing. It's really cool. You don't have to use it. If you're super starting out, um, take your time. Don't overwhelm yourself. But it is a great tool that allows you to use your other tools. A bunch of cool command line utilities are accessible inside of Windows Terminal. For me, I primarily use uh, PowerShell 7, but you have access to all kinds of stuff. CMD, Git Bash, Windows Subsystem for Linux, and you can get this right from the Microsoft Store.
1: So. Or I think it's installed by default. In in does that just happen in eleven, or is the later builds of uh, Windows also have it there by default?
0: I do not know or remember. Me either I tell you what, there's a lot of cool stuff that is kind of coming in the box in later versions of Windows, and it's really cool to see updates for PowerShell um, be more regular and delivered in a more efficient manner.
1: All right. Well, I, I do not have. Windows 11, or a late enough version where it's pre-installed for me, so I guess I'll install it. all right. (laughs) Okay.
0: But as a a general recap, in the show notes below, you can read more about files, working with files and folders, and also customizing your profile and creating that. Um, I think that's a great place to start with fooling around with things a little bit. Make sure you have your profiles, add some customizations to them, have a little bit of fun.
1: So I know people listening are going to assume that I built like a new profile or something as part of the bit, but this was real life. This is, uh, <laughs> this is actually, uh, I had a blank profile. I just, I don't like customization mostly because I'm that lazy. Yeah. The, the, the reason I took so long, I mean, there's a few things going to BS code from ISE, mm-hmm. uh, was I really got attached to the color scheme of the default ISE and then along came the and made it. If you didn't PowerShell, it actually changed the color scheme to the ISE for you. And I loved it.
0: Yeah, that beautiful color scheme. Um, I'm, you know, we all have different tastes, but uh, definitely don't share the same taste as you with that color scheme. Um, I like different color schemes. VS Code gives you the ability to choose anything. So I get a little bit more creative with it, which is cool. Um honestly though at my current job I have not really customized my terminal much at all. In my my previous place I had like a cool kind of customized thing. I'm just chilling. It's all good. I haven't even customized my prompt. I'm okay with just knowing where I am currently.
1: So on it the uh, the the machine for the webcast, I have a profile built out where it loads some um a uh, function I built for running CLI against our products. Nice. Uh, I think that so I, I have I have done it on other machines, but my personal one, no, I never had.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a cool place if you are super new to doing things. If you create a simple function, an okay place to put it would be your profile. Um, you'll probably run into an issue kind of quick about having too much stuff in your profile if you do that. But as an example, I put a quick little function in there that just runs a start process with a Zoom URL. Because every single day I have my stand-up with my team and we use the same um, URL, right? It's a recurring meeting. So I just open it up every single day. Just run, join stand-up.
1: Is that going to be the same now that we made the shift? Away Um, from... Yeah, no, I'm
0: zooming it up, man. Okay. I'm an I'm
1: I'm afraid to talk to Josh because he went through... Uh, him, and, uh, him and his team, they did that massive swap moving all of our company over. And I'm complaining because I have to log in slightly differently now. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, i
0: seeing seen working in a place where there's a more fully staffed IT department going through a migration so much better than I recall <laughs> at my previous place where it was like a quite a few less people, less people to get sanity checks from. Um, it's cool to see.
1: I work with so many people that are so much smarter than me. It makes things easy. I mean, for <laughs> me, they have, to, they have to do all the work. It's
0: it's one of those things. I, I think it's great to be around people that are better than you in some ways because it kind of helps you lift up to the next level. Um, and I, in life, I try and seek the people who are going to help me be better in whatever way. So that's why it's so great to have you as a podcast host. You help me get better all the time, man.
1: Yeah, used, uh became a better teacher. teaching <laughs> me had to add a change to my uh, prompt. Boom. But
0: um I definitely think this is a decent place to start if you're a beginner and looking for simple stuff. Check your files. Move around. Change where you are using set location. Um, you know, if you aren't using PowerShell, there's not really much of an excuse because um, you can get started with something as simple as looking at your files, getting the content, opening your files with PowerShell. If you want to open up a program or if you want to open up a particular file, test yourself. Browse to it, find the file with PowerShell using set location, get child item, and then try opening it from PowerShell using invoke item. And ideally, if it, you will do this as much as possible till you increase your uh, proficiency, um, but it's, it's a great kind of starter thing. So,
1: I feel like this is more of your campaign of hatred for the mouse, Oh gosh! Yes, you, you well, always tell me that you don't have hatred, but everything you do is like, "Oh, I'm going to eliminate this mouse."
0: I don't like mice. Um, I mice are great, but I tell you what: your wrists will be happier if you're not always clicking around, and it's better to be automation-minded. And you, it's harder to automate a mouse than it is keystrokes or commands. It's, really,
1: I mean that—that's what it was onto. Like, it's a—it's uh, just like automation. At the start, when you're looking to eliminate the mouse, it's going to be slower, and it's not going to seem worth it. But as you get really good at it, the mouse is just going to become wasted time. It's the same thing with automation. When you start when you start down the path to automation, you're not going to see the results you want as fast as you want initially. But the more you learn it, the the more time you free up. It's the same thing for eliminating the mouse. I just haven't put the time in. Well, which is Jeff a Hicks.
0: Jeff Hicks told us PowerShell is a language. You need to use it to become proficient with it, and if we're looking at files, if we're opening files every day, this is a great opportunity for us to dabble in that language, and use things, and, and look at it, learn
1: things, and get comfortable. Awesome! Well, um, instead of learning, I'm uh, installing the new PS Hangman from Emil Larson.
0: Ooh, PS <laughs> Hangman. What's that?
1: Oh, uh, well, it's a hangman game within your console. Just the that install module. Fun. Yeah, just install module PS Hangman. Let's see if I can't uh, get get a uh, <laughs> instance up and running. <laughs>
0: um, while you do that, reminder for the topics that we mentioned, there are great Microsoft resources that cover what we talked about. That can take you through command examples and kind of get you running. Um, if you weren't able to follow along to everything we said, you only recognized a couple of words. It was too much too soon. No worries. You can go back, listen to it again, or just read through and work through the file and continue your journey.
1: So it looks like the command, I ran git command. See, it's always had use for the PSN. Command hangman.
0: what? Uh, Command-module dash module
1: PS I just did No, I just did uh, asterisks around the word hangman. I figured it's not going to be a common command lit name. True. Uh, but there's a new, uh, new hangman game up there. It looks like this one is seven characters, only you guess one character at a time. What's what's the first what's the first letter? A. Ooh, it starts with an A. Yeah, no, I know. Mean,
0: I guess what the first letter was. I told you the first letter. S well, That's mm, the second letter.
1: No, the second letter is you, actually. I made a guess too. We're, oh nice. Uh, we're two for two. I'm just going down the thing. S. S? Maybe. There is no S. I think hey, it's A U. It's auto, mate. Are you serious? Oh no, it's auto something. We got auto. three letters left.
0: Crat. No, auto bond.
1: So, I don't no, know. I, no I there B. might be an H. Yeah, Tang. Yeah, let's see. We got arms now. I, I tell you, we started off so good. You guessed A, I guessed you. We had auto. Auto. Tang. Uh, well, there's three letters right. left. Three letters left. It's auto blank blank blank. Auto live L L-I-V. I never would have got that, but it gave That's me really here's sad. a bad fact about. It. I don't know. It actually gives you a bad fact about the word if uh, you fell. Nice. Since you lost, here's a fact about auto live. Nothing bad to say about a company that saves many lives every hour of the day. So it looks like it's a company. Uh, see. I wasn't yeah. thinking company names. Hey, All right. Live and learn. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Emil. We did we did very poorly. <laughs>
0: hey, it was fun. That's what counts.
1: I found that from... uh on Doust's weekly recap. Nice. I love those I had, recaps. They're fantastic.
0: Is there anything else we needed
1: to cover today? From the uh, weekly recap on Doust's uh, website, doust.dev, there's a link to using PowerShell your way by... Uh, Jeff Hicks, and I opened that one up, and the first thing he first command that he's talking about is git item which we covered, and then defaults. I didn't realize there was actually a defaults thing in there. Directories list first sorted by name. Well, instead of just uh, reading his blog, I'm just going to go type it in there. I'm going to learn the the wrong way.
0: I have a link to the
1: Jeff Hicks blog in the show notes as well. That. oh. Defaults didn't work for me. Maybe I should have read the blog before I started willy-nilly typing in words. He's he just going in there and doing a lot of customization within PowerShell, and a lot of that has to do with the way it's uh, using different items of find. So it, it, it seems to be the next step after we're saying we're saying use this just to kind of go through files and maybe invoke some uh, invoke items. This is the next step where after you have that down, it looks like he's he's making it so the child item comes back with almost a little customized to your liking, which seems pretty cool. Cool. I wish I'd read through this before we were live, but I'm going to read through this once we're done. Hey,
0: I saw another great blog that's relevant to what we talked about today, and that was by um, Patrick on sid-500.com, which is PowerShell, changing the look of the prompt. He covers a lot of information that I briefly touched on about the prompt, um, which is the thing that shows up every single line of PowerShell that you run in the terminal. Very cool. So that'll be a nice supplementary resource to what we discussed today.
1: So Looking at that one, he has in there uh, get-item, and then it's just oh. function colon prompt. I didn't realize you could pull in functions with get-item like that.
0: Let's run a command called get psProvider. So earlier we mentioned that we would mostly be talking about the file system provider. So yeah, run get PS Provider, and you'll see there's actually a function provider.
1: So just like uh, with certs and uh, registries, there's a provider, okay. Oh. Well, man, this is awesome. I've been learning a lot of cool stuff today. I know we're <laughs> supposed to talk about it, but I'm, I'm just actively learning. <laughs> it's
0: cool, because we're showing, again, the PowerShell <laughs> sacred promise. You know, learn PowerShell and we'll do everything we can to make it the best investment, blah, blah, blah. Awesome, well, guess what? learn how to use files and incidentally you'll have learned to navigate the function uh the aliases the registry the cert store potentially all kinds of cool stuff and there's other ways to create your own PowerShell providers and
1: extend things even further so uh, I I did the the command we had where we did the get item for the function prompt and Mm -hmm. then just I called the attribute script block which is what's in this blog that we're talking about, we'll have in the show notes. And it's just the greater than symbol that you had me put in there. So yeah. what we what we did live is, fun. okay. It's, but,
0: it all makes sense. The more context you have, it all starts to kind of click. It's really cool.
1: I had no idea the functions were one of their providers. That, this is awesome. Yeah. I love learning. Oh, this is it great.
0: And the functions have a definition and it's really cool. You can kind of see what code is inside of a function without opening up the file just by checking the definition of the function. Just for clarity, earlier I kind of briefly cut myself off when I was talking about PowerShell's sacred vow, but I think it's worth restating. And we may have mentioned it in a previous episode, but I'll restate it here. Um, Learn PowerShell and we'll do everything we can do to make it the best investment you've ever made. Um, That was a very important vow as the PowerShell team and Jeffrey Snover kind of went through things. And it's something that you, as you spend more time and invest in, and get a little bit lost and learn some awesome new things in PowerShell. You can be reminded that there is that sacred promise, and there is more value to be had down the road.
1: Yeah, so definitely wanted to be the most—if you invest time, the most valuable uh, tool for your career. It's really cool. I don't know if I should be that giddy about learning something new. We're supposed to be proud of ourselves as not new to this, and then I get oh. just downright excited. I'm,
0: <laughs> it's, it's freaking awesome because it shows, you know, you could have been using PowerShell for a super long time and there's still more to learn. There's still different ways to approach problems. There's um, different tools that we haven't even heard of yet and all kinds of great stuff. Um, even it's if just, you talk uh, about it every week, you still yeah. have more things to learn.
1: It's kind of cool. If you have a bunch of functions you've built for use out there, instead of having to go find the location open the PS1, just to be able to do the get function. If it's loading into your profile, by default, everything's just right there. That is awesome. It is awesome. And then it looks like in his prompt, he put his date. So if you put uh, dollar sign and then parentheses around a commandlet, like get date they will put that into your prompt as well. So it's just like uh,
0: the dollar sign and parentheses things, I believe, is called like a sub-expression. It allows you to do some cool stuff inside of strings as well.
1: Sorry to get so excited about that. I just, it feels like something I should have known. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool stuff for sure.
1: So what was your, you said there's a command to, or a variable that would give you all the providers.
0: Get PS provider.
1: Look at that. So it's listed right there. Yep.
0: And we made cool discoveries. All we did was just, we spent some time in the terminal. We clicked around, we tried some things. We read a blog that got our brain started on something and we learned new stuff. Such a cool discovery process. I love PowerShell.
1: Oh, this is fantastic. It's, it's just weird because we talked about the script that I did, which logic-wise, even if it someone comes in with the email saying you're dumb, it would be way easier to to do it a, with a while or whatever. I, that felt pretty complex to me, and then I would still get downright giddy about learning something new with the basics. I love it so much.
0: It's awesome, man. That's glad. I hope our audience learns a thing or two this uh, episode, too.
1: I hope our audience gets this giddy when they learn something, too. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and if they do, shoot us an email at powershell at pdq.com. And we would love to hear your feedback. If you have suggestions, questions, concerns, need a helping hand, whatever you need, we're here for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're If you're listening to this and you felt like it was five stars, please give us five stars. It was less than five stars. Tell us what to do different. To to give five stars, if you don't like be giggling like an idiot over learning something new, we'll try to cut that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think this is the first episode where we also kind of covered running a little bit of code. We kind of talked through it a little bit. I can understand that may not be well received, or maybe it is. You know, curious to hear your feedback. Um, I tried to keep it not too advanced um, so we could maybe follow along in your mind. But if not, follow along in your terminal.
1: Only being able to uh, tell, not show. Is pretty limiting so if we get too far into the weeds where we can't show or if there if there's a different way we can talk about it please let us know just because we want to do we, we want to be the best version of this podcast we can be we need input to get there
0: yeah um i think we got something good going but we're always looking to improve one step at a time um there's always things to get better at and we embrace that hope you do too
1: thanks for tuning in i'm jordan I'm Andrew. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plough. You guys rock! We do it because we love you. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of bdq.com.